0: Hello everybody, welcome back to your Hard in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host Matt, and again joined by Michael on this wonderful April 25th, 2019, the eve of Avengers Endgame. And boy, has a lot gone on in the wonderful world of the NBA since we last talked to you guys. Some wonderful, fantastic, potentially best playoff games of the decade, as well as uh, a lot of cultural events going on, a lot of uh, communal television, and we might get Spencer's Dinwiddie's wish of no games on Avengers Night, which seems equally as fun. Before we get to any of that, let's of course give a special uh, shout out to our sponsor of this episode, and that is Chick-fil-A. So you know them, you love them. Their chicken is undeniably the best in the fast food business, but did you know that they now do a Key Lime Summer Shake? That's right, folks. You, too, can enjoy the wonderful taste of limes, and the key to a successful summer lies in that shake that you can enjoy at your local Chick-fil-A. So head on down to your Chick-fil-A, tell them we sent you for a potential coupon for that Key Lime Summer Shake. And with that, let's hop right into just a couple quick tidbits of NBA news before we hit the really the playoffs. This is the meat of, of course, any sort of basketball talk right now. And that is uh the LA coaching spot has been having a round of interviews recently. Uh most notably Tyron Liu got uh second callbacks as well as uh Jason Kidd. So uh Michael, what's your take here? Jason Kidd versus Tyron Liu, who's gonna get this spot? can we get a third option, please?
1: I I don't even... It's not good. Like, that's... Tyloo, I get it, he won a championship, and he's good for, like, a playoff series. Like, he's good at actually coaching, like, a playoff series where you only have to focus on the one other team, and you can, you know, really dissect, like, game film and talk things over and... Um, exploit, like, first-round matchups and stuff like that, but not sure he's got the vision to develop the core of young guys that they still have, right? I mean, they haven't actually executed the Anthony Davis trade, so how are you going to bring back an injured Lonzo Ball, an injured uh, Brandon Ingram, just Cal Kuzma? I mean, have we hit his ceiling, sort of? I, I don't know if there is a better version of Kyle Kuzma really out there. Uh, Josh Hart. And then you got to deal with the ramifications of losing Zubac, who's pretty much defined his career as a locker room guy. So.
0: Yeah, that, that seems to be a pretty big pill to swallow right now. I think Tyron Lue will probably get it out of those two guys just because he's a LeBron's buddy. But uh...
1: <laughs> I mean, how does anybody post looking at what the Bucks did under Budenholzer, right? Uh, Basically, over a summer, he's fixed every fucking thing that Jason Kidd did absolutely wrong.
0: I think Paul Pierce actually had a quote the other day saying Jason Kidd didn't actually draw up plays that first year in Brooklyn at all. Can they do you think the Lakers could just throw enough money to get Spolstra? Yikes. Wow. That'd be huge. Anyways, we'll, uh, of course, keep you posted on that one, uh, as well as uh, a little a little bit more of LeBron drama to go along with this tidbit of news, and that is uh, some, I guess, news or leaks came out that Rondo was leading uh, player meetings to talk about LeBron's bad body language <laughs> at the end of the season and chemistry issues. Pretty interesting for a guy named Rondo to be doing this, but uh, nonetheless shows you that That team's probably going to see a lot of shaking up over the summer. Uh,
1: Can we confirm that this is basically the first step in a two-year contract for Bobby Portis? I
0: think it's a two-year contract for Jabari Parker at this rate. I mean, it's a package deal, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And on top of that, we've got uh, the Suns have a basically head coaching lottery now after they've... Fired him, yeah. Yeah, they fired Luca's old coach because they didn't draft Luca for some reason. And now they don't have a coach again. Do they have a GM yet? Uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're trying to be sarcastic or not.
1: No, no. Like, uh, they. James Jones. Is it James Jones? Oh, somebody, somebody is just like an interim. I don't know if they've been promoted to the full-time permanent position but they definitely have like a weird uh like temp type of gm this past year so they might not actually have a gm or a coach
0: of course luke walton is probably heading to sacramento but uh he is is with sacramento he is but he's under sexual assault allegations
1: oh you think they'll drop him
0: so that's uh still up in the air that's got to get cleared before he gets hired so
1: i mean he's just banging it
0: down low man just like his dad used to do right all right and now let's just hop right into the uh playoff talk so let's start with uh maybe the the least talk about
1: yeah all right so can we trust game ones ever again the nets want to get hard here off the bat (laughs) The Magic won a game one. Um, Who else kind of shocked us a little bit in a game one? The Clippers? No, the Clippers took the game two, right? That was a 31-point comeback. I guess OKC, just how bad they were. Spurs, maybe a little bit. Like it, It just seemed like game one's kind of a surprise and then everything kind of even back out. I mean, the only series that we're going to have to go past 5 games are uh surprisingly Golden State Clippers and Denver Spurs. Probably yeah. Denver Spurs,
0: yeah. So I think I think game 1's and this goes back into my theory of the best time to hit Golden State is in the first round. I think there's this weird disconnect of teams either overthink or they're like over rested or um just not like quite fully in playoff mode yet that really kind of makes the game one almost a total toss-up in my opinion it's kind of just like who was hot in the regular season at the end of the se- season and they just kind of continue that momentum to game one and then like playoff mode sets in which is kind of weird um I'm glad that a we are not, like, a March Madness style because that would be really screwed up right now. Um, but on, on the other side, I, I kind of wish these series were five games at the same time. It's like, I didn't really need to see Boston 4-0 Indiana. That was, uh, that was probably the one series I watched the least amount of time of. And that was even on national television, uh, let alone I probably watched more Denver Spurs. That's actually, like... Uh, The most competitive sad. yeah. Um, So on top of this, uh, since the last time we talked, the Bucks also swept the Pistons. Um, Blake played the last game uh, pretty well, but he fouled out kind of early, and it was a pretty easy uh, wipe off. That I think the Pistons are actually up at halftime, which is kind of interesting. Uh, a, a cool stat, though, for this series is that uh, the 95-point differential between the Bucks and the Pistons' final scores is the second-highest and I think actually <laughs> the highest in the seven-game series format era. Can we really call it a series?
1: Blake played two-and-a-half games for the
0: most part and even then looked probably worse than Pau Gasol. <laughs> I mean, his whole leg was just like a giant giant like bandage, like it looked swollen as fuck, yeah, it did not look good, like LeBron game two hand swelling like it didn't look good,
1: no, nah, no, nah, this is way
0: worse. It was like
1: at least we know that Blake has got like an injury history, and this was just like
0: it looked like almost a cast, like it was like his entire fucking leg, <laughs> yeah, it was like a mummy or something that was wild. <laughs> Uh Giannis had 41 points in their last game. That's a career high for him in the postseason. So is it too go. early
1: to talk about playoff MVP or first round MVP?
0: No, I don't think so at all. why don't we hit it now since we're talking about the MVP? Uh All right, so I've got two candidates. One is Giannis, so four games
1: obviously a sweep. Uh average 26 uh points, 12 rebounds, 3 and a half assists. So but he's only playing twenty-eight minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Which pretty crazy. Very low numbers. for a
1: playoff series, because usually in the playoffs, like your minutes go up, not down. Yeah, <laughs> but then you brought up the whole like point differential thing, uh, and he attempted almost eleven free throws a game. Wow. So, kind of, kind of inside track right now on the on Giannis, uh, regular season MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, first round MVP, like. This is a real moment for this for this young man. And then uh, I think the other guy has to be Damian Lillard.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's going to let him live that one down. Uh, after probably the like greatest game winner in the past 15 years of playoffs. 10 years game of Game winner? Oh, I... Series winner, LeBron, game
1: winner? LeBron 09, game two against Orlando. That didn't, that win that, awesome. that, that, that didn't end the series, though. All right, Ray Allen, game six, 2013
0: NBA Finals. That's pretty good. It's up there. Like, I think they're pretty close. Because it's up there.
1: <laughs> that, that saved their fucking
0: championship. The, the only reason I put this up there is because it's. uh, Like, it's actually, like, the last shot of the game actually was a shot that, like, it was going to go in overtime otherwise, which. Honestly, it was—it probably was a toss-up who would win in overtime in that game because it was so neck-and-neck neck down the stretch. And it won a series on a shot. Like, and then he waves bye to them. like That's so savage. <laughs> what
1: about... All right, this one wasn't in the playoff. What about Game 7, 2016 NBA Finals,
0: Kyrie with the three? Had, that was like three minutes left on the clock after that.
1: No, the fuck was it, dude. It was like a minute and a half. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but what what gets replayed from that game? All right, uh,
1: twenty sixteen February, Steph hits the half court against OKC. That that one's
0: pretty dope. That one was in overtime. Yeah, that was the bang. I, mean, I like. I'm 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 saying it's up there. Like I'm not sure if it's the best cause it's like All right. it's
1: definitely the best playoff game since. Game 5
0: of uh, the NBA Finals, twenty sixteen. So best playoff game in three years. I don't know about three years. I don't know if there's something I'm missing in there because it is the first round. So that's kind of the the biggest knock against it. It's like, oh, it's just the first round. Yeah, but round. it's a
1: quality opponent. Like this is a round. Like this is a matchup that we could have seen in the second round if the seating had just played out a little bit differently.
0: I think that's honestly that point is a. Uh... A pretty big point in this whole factor. It's like OKC kind of went all in this year a little bit, and everybody had them like, "Oh, they can beat the Warriors because they can play defense better." And Paul George is a god right now. And no, it turns out Damian Lillard's the best offensive point guard in the league, next to Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean
1: that's in the context of Paul George, without a labrum, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, basically, with, yeah. I mean, the guy had, like, no shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And he still, like, was putting up, like, close to 30 points a game.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know his, uh. He probably got so many shots in that thing as they were playing. Holy crap.
1: I guess going into All Star Break, OKC was definitely the prohibitive favorite to beat Golden State.
0: Yeah, they were, like, third or fourth seed at that time it looked like paul george was gonna be like MVP. dark horse or... yeah.
1: yeah dark horse mvp
0: and then it slid off at the end here
1: what do you make of paul george's comments at the end of the game or i guess end of the series where he claimed that uh Lizard's game winning or game series winning shot was a bad shot he was like he just kept saying over and over again it's a bad shot it's a bad shot it's like
0: what (laughs) so so dame responded to this of course on twitter saying lol which was of course hilarious because dame has been killing twitter ever since this happened along with the freeze frames of all of his expressions like i think i think maybe the next game winner closest to this that i can remember was like uh i think it was 2015 the uh derrick rose jimmy butler bulls versus the Cavs. That first year where it was Derrick Rose had a game winner and then LeBron had a game winner the next game. Yeah, yeah. And he does the thing where he jumps up in the air. He's got no expression on his face. And, like, Joe Keem's just, like, holding him, screaming his head off. (laughs) I've heard... I think uh, we could say that
1: this is probably... uh, Like, this Game 5 is going to go down as a classic.
0: Oh, yeah. This is a game that needs to be replayed over the summer, like, multiple times. And I think this is also kind of a big...
1: outside of kind of the r slash nba sphere of people have learned who Damian lillard is and finally understood that if steph hadn't come around this guy was basically going to be the kind of that guy of stretching the floor to like 30 plus feet like he made a 40 foot shot
0: so so let's get back to this bad shot thing so somebody cranked the numbers on this turns out he shoots 42 percent from that spot
1: yeah, so I think he's so I think he's taken 10 of those 40 plus shots this year and he's made <laughs> almost all of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so earlier that game he made a shot from the same spot off a of pick and roll, which is insane that you're defending him that far away. And then Well, yeah, go ahead. And and then I was going to say it to to give Paul George a little bit of credence. I mean, Let's not pretend that this is the best shot that they could have been made or taken.
1: Well, so, you know, I was watching this live just like you, and I was actually really weird because, you know, he kind of had the ball, and it was clearly he was going to ISO, and everyone knew he was going to take a three. Like, he wasn't going to fucking drive for the hole, right? Like, uh, but then, like, it, the clock hits, like, three seconds, and he's still dribbling. And then it's, like, just over two by the time he actually pulls up to make his move. And I got really worried that it was just gonna be like um,
0: pump fake and get stuck in his hand or something like that.
1: Yeah, like maybe he makes the shot, but they review it, and then it's like, oh, it's actually still in his hand as the mm. clock hits zero, and then they undo it, and then it's like, well, everyone in Portland's
0: kind of deflated, and then OKC okay, take the game and then, the confetti shot essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also weird to think that. Damian Lowe's first shot in the series, and I think the first points in game one, was him hitting, like, a 30-foot three. So he really bookended this really nicely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think think when you look at the shot itself, I mean, he does a really good pound dribble sidestep to the right as a right-hander. Harden-esque. Paul George, I mean, jumps and swipes, but obviously, like... He doesn't think Dame's going to pull up that freaking far away. So he doesn't like <laughs> actually jump as far as he could. And of course you don't want to foul him. And then he shoots it and literally like the clock runs out just before it hits the rim, like perfectly timed too. I think that gets overlooked. And on top yeah, of this, oh, it sorry. was a
1: relatively clean shot.
0: Yeah. Like it didn't, it didn't like rattle around or hit the backboard that hard. It was just like, whew, Perfect. Um, I was gonna say I was looking at uh, the comments on this post on Reddit, and one of the Houston guys is like, "Yeah, I love this shot because now they'll stop showing the one where Dame beat us four years ago and Mike <laughs> Tarico goes insane. Like that's hilarious. The logo lives on. It's kind of sad though that
1: that series did end in five games, but that was by far probably the best."
0: series in terms of his basketball quality i think we need to highlight though that this game in particular i mean he had 50 he took a lot of shots but it's really important to realize that like nobody on his team was helping him out that much like he was definitely head and shoulders carrying the load that yeah, game. yeah
1: i mean McCollum still got a bit of a knock and then he picked up a lot of early fouls in the first quarter so he was kind of coasting until kind of the fourth quarter but i mean cj McCollum had some clutch mid-range shooting there in the fourth quarter to really claw them back in because they were down by 15 with like eight minutes to go seven and a half minutes to go which
0: you know we've excusable
1: well it's you know we've kind of been we said this i think last time where it was like a few years ago if you were down by that kind of 12 to 15 teams just kind of gave up but now because of the three ball it's like, oh, I'm just down by twelve. I'm just down by fifteen. And I mean if you're the Clippers, I'm just down by thirty one. Like it it feels like four or five years ago, kinda of before the Warriors go on this run, that if you're down by twelve with seven minutes to go at home, you're you you know, you might be kind of folding it in a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's totally fair. CJ uh, though, CJ, I was, I was really worried. Like he was the guy I was watching for most of the series because obviously he just came back from, uh, some injuries that have been plaguing him. And now with Nolan Nurkic, it's like, all right, CJ's gotta like CJ and Lillard combined have to be half their points. Right. And, uh, gosh, like almost every shot, like, especially his threes are just all front rim. Like they're all just short for some reason. <laughs> I was really sad.
1: He's a, he's, uh, he's a mid range
0: guy. Yeah, and uh, I was actually really impressed by kind of the end of the game when OKC went small, which is what I was kind of hoping they would do with, like, Nurkic not being in. Um, you know, they go, like, Jerry, Jeremy Grant at, like, the five, which is weird. Um, but they had, but Portland kept Ennis Cantor and Mo Harklesson and just crushed them on the boards, which was insane. I was like, I can't believe that paid off, like – I don't think we would be saying, like, a year ago that you'd play Ennis Cantor in that spot because you'd get wrecked on defense. But they totally bullied yeah, him but, for it. I don't know. Ennis Cantor is just...
1: He's like Tristan Thompson, right? Where it's like... For some reason, it just clicks in the playoffs. Like, last year, Tristan Thompson in the Toronto series in the second round, he just killed that fucking team. Like, I know LeBron had, like, the the, the bank shots and stuff like that, but it was like... Tristan Thompson was really that problem for them. And Enos Cantor just seemed to, for some reason, undermine what Steven Adams was doing. Yeah. It's like Steven Adams and the combination of Westbrook, like Westbrook goes rebound hunting, right? So it's like you would think, at least when Portland's on offense, Russ and Steven Adams are going for the boards, like a defensive rebound to then launch their offense. And Enos Cantor just... I mean, his game one was pretty solid. Game two, he kind of, like, uh, regressed back to kind of the Knicks canter. But he gave him pretty solid minutes for, like, a Nurkic impersonation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and now he's got some plaguing shoulder injuries off that game. But, well, we'll see. I'm pretty stoked, actually, though, to see who they match up with in their second round, which is still up in the air. That's the Denver Spurs series. It's looking like Denver's going to take that one away, though. It's just sad we didn't get the Jokic-Nurkic. Yeah. That would have been a great... Can we talk
1: about how bad uh, Evan Turner was? For how good Portland was, Evan Turner was bad.
0: I I don't even think I remember seeing him on the floor.
1: (laughs) Because he's kind of the guy that they basically trust with the second unit, or I guess the bench unit, or however you want to kind of phrase it. It's... He's kind of that point forward, and he was trash, which I think you need a guy like that moving forward to make a pretty deep playoff run, unless Dame is going to, I mean, just go fucking, like, Super Scion and kill everybody, but.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel bad because I predicted Evan Turner would see ticks up on all of his box score stats and he obviously <laughs> did not so i uh, missed that one pretty hard uh, i think it's a matchups thing though so i'm gonna say it was the matchup um so we had denver I mean, who would you Sp- rather oh, okay. have portland face san
1: antonio or denver
0: what do you think makes a more intriguing matchup if nurkic was in i'd want it to be portland denver like 100 percent. and we get nurkic jokic rivalry from the old denver days but
1: lma could come back to portland
0: yeah that would be wild too right Um, CJ versus DeRozan in the mid-range. I'm really concerned that, because I kind of want Portland to win now, like, whoever they face, because I'm like, this was so freaking awesome. Don't don't let this, like, first-round curse, like, screw them up where they just kind of peak too early, you know? Just like a Harden versus Lillard, Western Conference Finals, like, shootout. Yeah, so I kind of want them to play Denver. I think that'd be better for Lillard if they played against Denver.
1: Yeah, my problem is if San Antonio figure out how to beat Denver, I feel like they could figure out how to beat Portland, and then it's like, shit, are they? can they figure out how to beat Houston, and do they make the finals? Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's a figure I just, out I how don't to see, I, I don't want to see the Spurs in the Western Conference finals or the finals, but it's really hard to like bet against them.
0: Here's my thing. I don't want to see a game where it's, like, 100 to 99. DeRozan's, like, 9 of 17. LMA is, like, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Like, that game's going to be so fucking boring to watch. Give me something exciting. I'd rather see, like, Lillard versus Harden, like, just ISO for the entire fourth quarter on each other. <laughs> like, let's get some good rivalries going. And then and then we get more Lillard-Sun Tzu quotes. That was so epic. <laughs> Uh, do you want to jump to a different series? Yeah, let's jump to, uh, the Clippers. The other side of the West we haven't talked about yet. Uh, so last night the Clippers took another one off Golden State. Ooh, two the in frick, a row what a, what in Golden State. Two against First State. time since game five and seven of the
1: 2016 finals that Golden State has lost back-to-back home playoff games.
0: Like, okay. If the Clippers won one at home? Like, that's gotta be the best story of the playoffs besides this game winner from Lillard.
1: I swear to god, if they take him to seven, it's fucking hilarious.
0: Like, I'm I'm just kind of praying to God no one gets injured because I'd hate to see the Clippers take him to seven and like injure Steph somehow and then the and like the Warriors lose. Like okay. Are you
1: are you just completely like ignoring the fact that Boogie went down in game two?
0: Yeah, I'm ignoring that. <laughs> How many games did he play? He played like twenty games.
1: Yeah, but it's like it still feels like
0: And it wasn't a contact. I mean like a Patrick Beverly versus book injury, you know.
1: Yeah, but it's kinda of funny because it's like Capella Farid No no shit. I'm talking about Houston. My bad. Montrez Harrell is like if you throw a bookie out there, it just you're kind of forcing Montrez Harrell to do something on defense which might slow him down on offense. Because so he's you know, it's a big guy. It's like big guys tend to fade over the course of the game.
0: Yeah, but I really like seeing the old-school Warriors team out there again. (laughs) Like, that's kind of cool. It reminds me of the good old days before everyone was on their dick, you know? What do you mean old
1: school? The only reason this series is still a series is because Kevin Durant has bailed them out in
0: L.A. That's true. And that's crazy. He had a playoff career high last night, and they lost the game. Like, if you had told me that, you would have told me they would have won by 50 or something.
1: Well, if you give up fucking 70 points at halftime, like where the fuck are you going to go with the
0: game? Like... Score 70 in a quarter because you're the fucking Warriors?
1: Can we talk about the fact that Draymond should have gotten two technicals and been kicked out of that game?
0: Yes, absolutely. Did you see him all, like, basically kick Patrick Beverly in the face?
1: Yeah! Like, he like, fucking need him in, like, the fucking chin. And then two minutes later, like, it's not like he did it in the first quarter and then it happened, like, another incident in the fourth quarter. It's like two minutes go by... And he starts, like, jawing with the ref. And I'm like, oh, my God. If this guy didn't just have a technical, they would have given him a technical.
0: Yeah. Like, I think he absolutely should have gotten... I would almost consider that a flagrant on Beverly. Like, you're hitting a guy while he's down. Like, not accidentally. Like, I I know Beverly kind of instigated it a little bit. Like, you can kind of see it on slow-mo on the replay. When you see it in real time, it looks like... He basically just like walks on his face to step over him. That looks real bad. Does Kevin Durant? Does
1: Kevin Durant? Uh, I guess take up the proposition of the Clippers a little bit more seriously after. Are you fucking after kidding this me? <laughs> like even even if Golden State you know uh, blow him out in Game Six,
0: like Nick's got to be kind of worried, right? If I'm anybody, I'm worried. Are you kidding me? A team with no All Stars and Danilo Gallinari as your premier starting offensive threat. It's crazy. Also, it's crazy. Lou Williams is a fucking god. Like, can we. Like,
1: the this, dude's might, yeah, this out might be scoring at will on Clay
0: Thompson. This guy might be, like.
1: This is clear. I think this is probably the best year he's ever had. He's going to win three three straight years of six man of the year and like you said, it's like Clay Thompson is one of the more competent defenders. like I mean basically elite right like one of the one of the top five two way players in the league and he can't stop Lou Williams going to his left it's it's like Lou Williams is going to his left just just stop him on his left and also why' aren't the why the fuck aren't they double teaming like let Lou Williams dish the ball to Shamit.
0: Yeah, or Patrick Beverly. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Yo, but Patrick Beverly last night. <laughs> yeah, he started made out some the game series. with like what four of five or three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't get like okay if you're if you're Clay Thompson in this series, like the only thing you have to worry about against the Clippers is the bench unit of Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. So your like entire defensive game plan should just like your one-on-one plan that is is. When you look at Lou Williams' tendencies, all right, this is what he likes to do, this is how he likes to get there. This is literally <laughs> the key to us winning these games. And it's not all his fault, because they do a lot of switches with him on staff or whoever. But uh Jeez man, like it looks like his moves are so simple, but they're they're <laughs> pulling off and they're like in the, all these super clutch moments too.
1: I think it's really funny that um, you know, like five five, six years ago, right? The Clippers and uh, Golden State had a pretty good rivalry, you know, during the kind of the Lob City era. And you would think that CP3, DeAndre, CP3 and Blake, the pick and roll, they would have, you know, like that was kind of how they were beating Golden State in like 2013 and 2014, like right before Steve Kerr took over. And it's like they've kind of just refreshed it with Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell of just playing CP3 DeAndre pick and roll again.
0: Okay, but let's not, <laughs> let's not like digress here. Montrezl Harrell is, is amazing. Like, Yeah,
1: I mean, this is, this is a guy who looks way different than what he was in Houston. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's probably got to be attributed to Doc Rivers for the most part. I mean, Doc Rivers has got to be second for coach of the year.
0: Behind Budenholzer, if we counted the playoffs, I would agree with you. But I, uh, I think he's like third.
1: All right, who do you have? Budenholzer,
0: one, and then what? Like Nate McMillan, um, Mike Malone. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I have up there. But I don't think Doc is like. I think he's not tier one. I think he's tier two.
1: I don't. I don't know to lose your. Only real star player two thirds of the way through the season and still make the playoffs. Like, like he's got two rookies, Shannon and SGA.
0: There's this weird. Like so I was listening his to a coach core of the core players, debate, and that is uh, like a lot of people agree it's probably me, Budenholzer, which I kind of agree with. I mean best coach, best team, reinvented the team, made Giannis MVP. Okay, makes sense. Uh, I've been hearing this really weird kind of revisionist argument that Pop should get votes because he's got a team (laughs) that has no experience uh, and has no uh, Spurs core stability. So he's having to reteach everything this year. (laughs) And they made the playoffs and they're taking Denver to six games. Like, I get the argument, but but I don't like it at all.
1: Yeah, but like LMA is like a top 15 player who's got loads of playoff experience. Demario Rosen has loads of questionable quality playoff experience. Patty Mills is on the team. I mean, they, it's not like, I don't know. The Clippers, it's like Ma, Montrezl Harrell has had how many total minutes in the playoffs of playing time? And then you got SGA, who's a rookie, and Shem, who's a rookie, and like Patrick Beverly, who's basically always been kind of like a cast-off and, like, Lou Williams has always been kind of, like, written off. And then you throw in fucking, like, Gallinari. And then they lose Boban and Tobias Harris. And Avery Bradley, right?
0: Avery Bradley's injured, right? No, they traded him, right? He's on they Memphis They traded him, now. right? Yeah. Is he Memphis? Yeah.
1: So it's like, there goes your kind of, like, veteran uh, sort of guy, right? Where it's like, you can probably
0: teach the guards. It's like... I don't know. I think it's a much harder job for LA. I'll agree with you that Doc uh, Doc has a better argument than Pop, but I I was just what I heard the other day, I'm like, alright, I'm taking your opinions with a different grain of salt now. Uh and with that, uh you were talking about does the Clippers pose a bigger off season threat to people like Kevin Durant now. And I my only problem here is at what cost? because I don't want to give up any of this core except, like, Gallinari and Zubots, maybe.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. They actually have, just have cap space, right? So they can just sign Kevin Durant outright without losing anybody.
0: Can I get Chandler Parsons, too, while we're at it? <laughs> the combination
1: of uh, Ryan Anderson and Chandler Parsons, right?
0: <laughs> Why not? Might as, well, might as well sign Mello for, like, Vettman while we're at it, right? Let's
1: go ahead and put in a trade for the John Wall contract,
0: <laughs> and we'll still make.
1: I part. swear to God, if Doc Rivers could take John Wall's contract and turn that, turn like a team of John Wall and Ryan Anderson into a playoff team, that'd be fucking amazing.
0: I would pay money to see that. <laughs> uh you went to Game Four of Houston Utah, right? Okay, so so this was a phenomenal game, first of all. Let's let's put it this way. Uh, However, after seeing the game last night, I'm super upset. (laughs) So Utah is uh, now out of the playoffs, unfortunately, off of Donovan Mitchell showing up for one out of four, five games. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, rough
1: stretch. Rough stretch.
0: So... I've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of articles going around today, most notably by our number one supporter Haley O'Shaughnessy, and that is, is Donovan Mitchell overrated? Does he get too much slack for being sort of this uh, the shoe that fell into the to the uh, foot of Utah after that Gordon Hayward void, and has kind of gotten a lot of rope to play with in terms of other rookies and how we evaluate them and. Kind of where we are now where maybe we need to reevaluate Utah's game plan here and they really need a second, you know, maybe even a more primary offensive player. I think that's a pretty easy argument to have. I mean, we said last time, man, Utah would be really good if they had Gordon Hayward, uh, which is hilarious to think. Um, But is it even a reasonable free agency destination for somebody? Well,
1: let me go back to the first part where you were talking about whether or not Donovan Mitchell is overrated. He's kind of the only scoring threat on that team. I mean, the real problem with Utah was Ricky Ruby and Royce O'Neal were the two best players for Utah in that series. That That's never going to fucking get you to the second round. But I don't think we can say that Donovan Mitchell is overrated because we have Jason Tatum, who... Probably had a better year. Came in with even higher expectations than Donovan Mitchell. And has been way more disappointing. Like, let's... Markel Fultz was the number one pick. Uh Lonzo Ball was two. Tatum was three. Josh Jackson was four. Darren Fox was five. Uh... Markkinen, N- Nattila, Kina, DSJ, uh, who else? Malik Monk, like all those guys, go ahead of Donovan Mitchell.
0: So you're and saying he's of... still underrated?
1: No, I think I think we're at the point where it's where he's a bit properly rated, um, because out of all those guys that I just mentioned, he's had the best second year, apart from maybe Darren Fox,
0: like he didn't improve considerably but he was already good after the first think, year.
1: Well, I think I think learning how to be consistent is an improvement, right? Like having a good rookie year is great. Like look at let's you know, let's think about Trey Young, right? It's like yeah, it's great that he managed to like turn it around, but it's like if he can't be consistent about it, like no one gives a shit. Like look at Devin Booker. It's like he's good, but it's like he can't really be consistent enough to win games. So why do we think he's good? So I think we're at this point where it's it's kind of like Damian Lillard, right? It's like you're in a bit of a smaller market, so you don't get the kind of national TV spot. So you look underrated on the national games, which, you know, most of the playoff games are national games, right? It's like, oh, people are now like woke to Damian Lillard. People are now like woke to Donovan Mitchell because they're playing like a Houston or they're playing um, an OKC, you know, kind of like a, bigger brand teams but then when you really think about it, it's like oh uh, no you know what? if they actually were like a laker if they were a celtic or they were a warrior they'd be kind of disappointing so i think i think mitchell's just properly rated i i think he's just kind of exactly what i would expect out of a dude who's like 21 22
0: yeah you can't even rent a car yet so uh i i'm actually right there with you and think that was her conclusion as well as uh you know, you can be underwhelmed, you can be overwhelmed, but we're all just whelmed right now. Like, we're a little disappointed, yeah. but we're whelmed. I think it has to be put in the context of Jason Tatum, though. It's like,
1: Jason Tatum is, is the guy that should be the best in that top, like, 15 group. And I would say Donovan Mitchell had a better year than him.
0: All I'm going to say, though, is going 4 of 20... On that closeout game last night for Donovan, that's got to feel real bad. Like, well, that does you know, not if you mimic as, as your game, well,
1: you know, if you mimic your game too much, like Russ, that's kind of the result you get.
0: And I think, I think what we come down to is, is I think Utah does need some other perimeter threat. I don't think they need an interior threat.
1: So, like, uh. Kind of like a guy you could handle, but be a little bit of a swingman, make some threes, but get to the cup. And, and not is racist, white? yeah. So what about, a, what about a guy named Gordon Hayward?
0: That would be ironically fun if he was on that team. <laughs> I think they could use a guy like Jimmy Butler. Let's be honest.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? No, are you kidding me? Where the fuck is Don Mitchell going to drive to? <laughs> <laughs> With Rudy Gobert out there too, and uh, Derek Favors, like,
0: <laughs> all right, hold on, hold on, I was trying to segue. Can us you get to an offensive? Can you get an offensive three seconds? <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to segue. <laughs> so Philly uh, has destroyed Brooklyn in that last game pretty substantially. Um, this was by far the second best series. Yeah, minus the last game not being competitive at all. Nah, it's still fun. The trash talk was there, though.
1: Can we talk about my guy, Ben Simmons, getting 30-plus in this series? Didn't we make a bet about something about whether, like, does Ben Simmons make 30 points or Jokic make, like, eight threes or something?
0: Yeah, we we had something about that. We got to find that timestamp and go back to it. Ben Simmons fucking made 30 points. He doesn't have a jump shot. (laughs) No jump shooting team will win the NBA Finals. Who, who do you think stood out the
1: most in the Philly Brooklyn series? I feel like, in terms of perception, really good for D'Angelo Russell, yeah, and Karis Levert, yeah, and I guess the Nets as a whole, yeah. Uh, and then kind of the flip side. Jimmy not great, and Tobias Harris not great, kind of. J.
0: not great either.
1: Yeah, I mean, even Embiid, because he's just like, Embiid, it's like, they played five games, but it's like Embiid really only played, like, three, because the
0: first game, obviously, he played, like, what, like, five minutes, and then game three, he sat out entirely. He looks out of shape still, which is amazing to me.
1: It's so weird, because they, when he's out on the court, they look so fucking good offensively and, like, defensively in terms of just how the fuck are they going to beat Embiid? Like, or how is any team going to beat Embiid? But then he goes away, and then game three happens where Ben Simmons just kind of figures it out. And then game four, Tobias Harris gets off to this great start, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe they can kind of play a little bit without Embiid or, like, you know, really kind of roll back his minutes, even though it's weird to load management in the playoffs and I'm more I it's interested. Just, it's, it's weird. It's weird that you kind of got this like dichotomy of a Philly team at the wrong time because you're about to play Toronto, who's one of the more
0: cohesive types of teams on both offense and defense. That has Philly's number on top of it. They beat them 3-1 this year in the regular season. Yeah, and the one loss was without Kawhi playing. So, I mean, how much does that really mean? And also, I don't think Marcus Gasol was in any of those games. Yeah, so pretty big wake-up call coming for the Sixers, I would say maybe the best thing we got out of this was um what was I going to say? That uh their bench really needs a lot of work still. Like Maybe they might have screwed up uh losing guys like Covington and Sarge. Like, I, I yeah, actually uh, feel Billy better Belly, about this team without the Butler trade. Like If they didn't have Butler right now and still had Covington and Sarge, I would feel pretty good about this team. What's, like, your
1: dream finals matchup for the teams that are left?
0: Do I count the Warriors as being left?
1: Uh, no, I mean, you can you can take, like, I mean, any team that is still alive. So Clippers, uh, Golden State, Denver, and San Antonio. So instead of eight teams, you have, like, ten teams that are still theoretically alive. What's, like, your dream matchup for, like, an NBA finals? I'm going to go with Philly-Portland.
0: God, how many points do you think Dame gets in that series? You think he breaks, like, 300 points? just seems
1: like like points? It's- <laughs> Well, it's like Ben Simmons is going to be guarding fucking Damian Lillard, and Ben Simmons is seven feet tall. <laughs> 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 it's like, what the fuck does Edith Cantor do with Embiid?
0: <laughs> that would be pretty entertaining. I was going to say something stupid it's like, like, like uh, Clippers versus the Bucks. And
1: then it's like CJ
0: McCollum is just going to go to fucking town on JJ Redick. Yeah, you can stop. They probably wouldn't even put JJ on the floor It'd be that bad. I think Warriors Philly's pretty solid still, you know I'm starting to do get you on do the you Toronto like the Warriors
1: do you think the Warriors like figure it out and manage to like stay course and get to the finals, or do you think i i mean fuck like all right, let's say the Clipper's completely just self destruct in game 6
0: and it's Houston Golden State, God, not again, please.
1: That feels super 50-50 now.
0: It does, doesn't it?
1: Can Draymond Green stop Daniel House? I mean, that's your fucking tagline.
0: <laughs> Is Andrew Bogut able to uh, do anything against Capella? or we Probably just don't <laughs> even put him on the floor. <laughs> Can Gerald Green atone for last
1: year's Game 7? And just completely outdo Kevin Durant.
0: I'm just not, uh, I'm not looking forward to Golden State Warriors again. Like, I, I, if it feels like matchup fatigue to me already.
1: Oh, I'm kind of ready. Like, the more I think about it, the more I kind of like Houston in that, um, like when the Spurs lost in 2013 and they come back kind of in the, like a revenge uh, mode for like 2014, it kind of feels like that with Houston where it's like, They looked pretty bad first 20-ish games of the year, right? Obviously, the Brandon Ingram, Rajon Rondo, CP3 fight. And then they go on that tear with Harden streak. And then it just seems like since All-Star break, they've kind of figured it out. Except for, obviously, they were the four seed instead of two. But it does seem like they've kind of figured it out to the point where it's like, you got to come and beat us. And that's usually a sign of a team that thinks it's gonna win the finals. It's not like we're gonna figure out how to beat you. It's like you gotta figure out how to beat us.
0: Maybe that's why I'm not totally sold on Portland. You don't think they have enough like swag? Enough I like fuck swag, you attitude, but I'd, even I'd, after all this? I'm I'm really convinced that they've like peaked too early. Like I think that they've like kinda like prematurely ejaculated on these playoffs to use like such a dumb phrase. But, like it feels like this like this is their moment, and I don't know how they keep momentum, like they've got to wait like basically a week for their next game. They
1: just gotta unleash
0: the tandem of Jake Lehman
1: and Zach Collins, uh, and hope yeah. Evan Turner has a pulse, Myers
0: uh, shoots more threes than Jokic. yeah,
1: so second round preview let's let's turn our attention a little bit to the second round, so in the east we're set, Milwaukee, Boston. What's your uh, initial thoughts? Oof.
0: Revenge game from last year. Both these teams Who look like they've clicked. Why? I'm going to go with the Bucks this year. I think it's coaching is going to really be why that they lost last year. I think that will mm. basically secure it to them this year. But I think it's going to be pretty close still. I wouldn't be surprised if it was seven games. Yeah, Giannis just looks fucking unstoppable. I mean, god damn. I mean, he just destroyed the Pistons you know last year a lot of times it looked like he'd get into the lane like right next to the hoop and then kind of get stuck with it a little bit in terms of a spin move or something like that and he'd kind of get just kind of stuck there but I, th- I think he's figured that out this year in terms of not getting stuck in the middle of the paint with nowhere to go except try and yam it on somebody
1: yeah, it, you know, I've, I mean, I've said this a bunch, but it really does remind me of like 08-09 LeBron, except for the fact that, you know, 8 09, it was like LeBron figured out how to be kind of the physically imposing guy who can always get to the basket, even though he doesn't really have that jump shot yet. But then he just kind of took nights off. And, you know, you're always kind of wondering, it's like, man, why can't you just fucking play this way every time? And But Giannis, it's like, I don't see that. He just, he doesn't do that weird LeBron, Ben Simmons, I'm going to kind of not be aggressive early type mode, which usually gets him in trouble. It's like Giannis is just like ready from the go. Dude,
0: he's willing his way to the MVP. Like...
1: I, I think he's going to pull off the tandem of MVP and defensive player of the year.
0: And finals MVP?
1: I don't know if they get to the finals. As good as I think he is, when you're matching up against, I feel like Toronto is just.
0: That's going to be a great series, I think. If it goes down to Bucks Toronto for the Eastern Conference Finals,
1: and it's really just because of Kawhi. It's like they did that whole load management thing with Kawhi. He only played sixty games. He didn't play that many minutes. He sat out a lot of the bigger bigger you know games, like over the course of the year, right? Like he didn't play in a lot of the marquee, like, Saturday night matchups. So it's, like, a lot of teams don't really know how to, what to expect with, like, Kawhi on the floor. And I think, you know, two years ago, and, you know, when he was with San Antonio in 2017, you know, that first KD Golden State year, game one of the Western Conference Finals, like, San Antonio was up by, like, 20 in Golden State. And then Kawhi goes down on the Zaza uh, ankle roll. And it's, like... Kawhi was the second best player in the league at that time.
0: Yeah, we were like, this dude's Michael Jordan. And it's
1: like that was two years ago, and it's like if he starts to figure that out over like the Philly series, and then it's like they win, and then it's like fuck, maybe he's like he's finally got it going for like the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I don't know who the Bucks put on to stop him.
0: He's a really good fits that gap in the Bucks defense where it's like uh Giannis doesn't want to play one on one against somebody on defense and he yeah, can take like, advantage well, of all the guard swapping they do and the yeah, it's Lopez like, swapping.
1: Yeah it's like if that if it ends up being Milwaukee Toronto, not to like completely jump ahead, but Giannis can't move down to like a three to play Kawhi. And then it's like I don't know if Chris Middleton can really keep up being a three. Malcolm Brogdon might still be kind of injured, and a, he's a little slow to guard Kawhi. Eric Bledsoe's too small. It, it just kind of feels that, like, Kawhi just happens to be at that, like,
0: sweet spot. Yeah, but, that's, that's how I feel, too. So then, so we're saying Bucks beat the Celtics? Are we kind of agreeing on that one? Yeah, but I think it's seven games. 4-3? One at home? I mean, is there
1: any other way to win seven games? Yes.
0: For for the Bucks, there's a way to win I'm, I'm being facetious. in seven games Jeez. at home. <laughs> okay, so so Please we've agreed on that. Other one. Scenario. <laughs> we've agreed on that one, so let's go to Sixers Toronto. Uh, is Embiid healthy. that's that's, that's I mean, the that, number it, one question.
1: The series begins and ends right there. If Embiid's is not ready to go for games one and two on the road in Canada. I mean, it's fucking, it's a fucking wrap. Cause they're gonna figure out Ben Simmons. There's no fucking way that
0: fucking Kawhi doesn't figure out how to beat Ben Simmons. Absolutely, I agree with that one. I I almost want to say this goes six. Like, I'm not sure if it goes seven.
1: And what do they do if Pascal Siakam gets? You know, if he if they if they force the switch that way, it's like Redick Redick on Pascal Siakam.
0: Dude, I don't even know you can play Redick in this series. Maybe you play him on Kyle Lowry. You have to,
1: though. You have to. You need points.
0: You need the He's three. He's shooting. Yeah. Like, that feels so bad. <laughs> like, I wish they had Clay Thompson instead of Redick. Like, oh, my God, this team would be amazing.
1: You know what it kind of feels like? It feels like Philly is, like, the kind of counterpart to the Lakers, where it's like you got this uh, transcendent superstar. And it's, like, LeBron is obviously older, but it's, like, LeBron kind of had, like, a rough year with the injury, older. And it's, like, Embiid has always kind of struggled to be healthy. But it's, like, if those two guys are at 100%, it's, like, there's no there's no way they don't win that game. And then you just surround the team with, like, non-shooters and, like, weirdly angry guys. Like, you have Lance versus, like, Jimmy. And then you got, like, Tobias Harris, who's kind of, like, a in terms of personality, kind of like Alonzo ball where he's just like really chill. It's really weird though. Like how that worked out.
0: Oh man. I, I'm, I'm kind of not looking forward to watching these games. Like I'm very convinced that Brett Brown could lose <laughs> these games for them as well.
1: So maybe that's like the Lakers uh, plan, right? Is you sit out the head coaching, maybe Philly fires Brett Brown if they, you know, get pummeled in like five games, the second round. Then you pick up Brett Brown. He's got a track record with young core development, as well as having a superstars on a team. So maybe,
0: maybe Brett Brown gets his uh, name into the Lakers' shop. You heard it here first, folks. All right. <laughs> so then, in the West, oh wait, uh, are we are we saying four two for this series? <sighs> Win it in Philly, as Toronto.
1: I don't know. It's just so crazy. It's like if it MB feels like can't... a coin
0: flip, honestly.
1: If Embiid can't put in thirty minutes, I think it's five games.
0: But if MB does put in thirty minutes, or something else happens, maybe Kawhi misses a game for some reason. You know, I had I hadn't thought about that because I just completely put that out of my mind. Of like,
1: he's not really injured. He's just
0: load but managing he just, he, he,
1: yeah like he's just not playing like like in my mind he's not injured he's just not playing yeah it's like you watch paul george it's like oh no he's injured you watch blake griffin it's like no he's injured indeed he's injured but like quiet's like i don't think he's injured i think he's just they're just not playing him
0: <laughs> yeah so we'll see about that one i'm I'm gonna go with 4-2 i think i think toronto can win it in philly Even though i kind of actually want philly to win just...
1: why Philly-Portland would be at amazing finals.
0: I think Philly versus anybody in the West is a much more entertaining matchup. than Dame Toronto. versus Embiid on NBA Twitter. Yeah. Even, like, I'd love to see, like, uh, Curry-Iso on Embiid, like, on that right <laughs> wing. Like, that'd be great. I'd love to see that, too.
1: At uh, least we got our wish with, like, an East Coast bloodbath.
0: Yeah, and uh, straight chalk, really. So. Uh, and then we'll top to the West, so uh, obviously still to be decided, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the Warriors are probably going to win their games. Uh, like, I don't want to rule it out, but, you know, the Warriors have blown uh, a 3-1 I league mean, in the past. Is
1: Kevin Durant trying to throw the series so that way when he leaves Golden State... It doesn't seem it's so not, bad. Like, weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that seem worse, though? <laughs> he goes to a team that beat him in the playoffs again. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's like not the you know, not
1: in the conversation of like greatest team, you know, kind of stuff. Like
0: Alright, alright, let's just put it this way. Let's co- just assume the Warriors like... win. Let's 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 just go with the popular right. media's opinion. So so Warriors uh Rockets, right? That's the matchup.
1: Yeah, and it'd be the Warriors having home court advantage, which I think is actually pretty important for that series. I think if Houston gets the first two games, I think that's like a huge plus for Houston. But going on the road the first two games, this is typically when Harden's playoff struggles come to the
0: surface. I I believe that uh, that home crowd also knows what's on the line with that re-rivalry almost. And I think they know that Houston is hot and has their number this year. Yeah, so I that would be a game to go see in person. Uh, I think... I don't think it'll be entertaining because we kind of know what we're going to see because it's going to be basically rinse and repeat of last year. Big question, though, is who guards KD? They don't have Trevor Ariza this year. That is honestly the biggest question, isn't it? I mean, PJ Tucker, like, for all 48 minutes? Honestly, it might be that might I... just be the ticket. Maybe no Ariza is, just KD goes unlocked.
1: Yeah, like, I'm really trying to put this together. It's like... Trying to like run through the Houston roster in my mind real quick. (laughs) Daniel House. Everyone's just too short. Eric
0: Gordon? Too short. Like everybody's just too short. Capella? Yeah, but then he's too slow. It's like (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. Harden himself? Dude, that'd be that would be You know
1: what? You know what? That that's probably the best thing they could do is put Harden on him.
0: I mean Chris Paul obviously can defend him, right? We saw that last year. Chris Paul's too short though. Yeah, but Katie was afraid to dribble the ball against Patrick Beverly.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> I think I, I think the Warriors Well, I'm gonna we're gonna go with this thread that the lack of a reason is why the Warriors won that series. That's the secret sauce. I don't know.
1: It's a great narrative because you have the whole Houston Revenge thing, and I really like this Houston Revenge thing. I, I feel like that's just good motivation for a team. Where it's like you lack... The star power but you actually have like a bigger kind of uh, motivation i don't want to say like yeah like i don't want to say like a mission like a goal it's like everyone's goal is to win the title but it really feels like they have something more to play for than than golden state it's like i mean if houston doesn't win they're still stuck with cp3's like massive contract capello's
0: massive contract they're really stuck again
1: I mean, maybe Har- I mean, does Harden fucking force his way out? Well, you know, does he try to get a trade and get out of this? Because it's like CP3 is gonna make a hundred and like twenty-five million dollars over the next three years. Like, this team is basically stuck in whatever this roster is, and there's not much flexibility, which is why they're robbing guys like Daniel House and Farid off the couch and
0: bring Mello back. Yeah. Uh, so, so if if Boogie is not injured, do you think the uh, Warriors have a better or worse chance against the Rockets? I think it's better because then it forces
1: the Rockets to go a little bit bigger, which means since, you know, Houston's a little shorter, it's like them going bigger actually is easier for guys like Clay and KD who are a little bit bigger. Because I think everything just kind of scales, which is weird because small ball is like how they've made their household name.
0: So, where what are we going here? Seven games either way? Uh I mean I hope so, just so that way there's
1: something interesting to watch.
0: <laughs> but I think the Warriors got a chance to win it in Houston. I think I'm gonna go with this Ariza trend until it bites me in the ass. <laughs>
1: Um, and then we have Portland versus whoever comes out between San Antonio and Denver, and San Antonio-Denver still feels like a real toss-up to me.
0: I feel like Denver is kind of broke through the seal a little bit with their last two games. feels like they kind of have a – Figured it out. Yeah, remember, a couple, Like it seems like the Spurs shit test is the ultimate way where you kind of grow up as a playoff team in the West.
1: You know, <laughs> like OKC
0: figured it out. Like a couple years back, you know, even the Lakers had to figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah, the Warriors. F- well, I guess the Warriors never really matched up with them, but the Clippers figured it out. You know that one year. So,
1: all right, Portland, Denver. I mean, basically, we, we would have, we would basically just have chalk on both sides, right? Top four seeds, top four
0: seeds. Yeah, that'd be a chalk again. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it should be, though, right? In a seven game series, like chalk should win.
1: Um, I mean, I, I mean, we expected that in the East, right? Because there was just such a huge disparity um between the top four and kind of then you had clearly indiana five and then you kind of just had the bottom east dropped off pretty but hard, in the yeah. west it was clearly very fluid right i mean houston could have been a two okc could have been anywhere from like a three to an eight like in the last like two three days of that season so
0: if dame doesn't go total fuck you mode i mean okc could have totally made it to the next round
1: yeah i mean i mean they they really should have they've got more depth they've got more length they've got more Probably more
0: experience. They have less shoulders, though. They've got an MVP. They've got a MVP candidate. Right, I I'm so. I would love to see like I think Portland Denver would be kind of a cool matchup because then I can so jump between years, states then. and go to both games. So that
1: means since KD left, OKC hasn't won a single playoff series.
0: Yeah, that's pretty big. Like that's actually huge, right?
1: Because when they played Houston in 17, they won one game, right? That was a Russ MVP year. I think they won one game. And then last year, the Jazz beat them in six. And then this year, they only won one game. They've won four playoff games in three years since KD left.
0: Yeah. That's, like, one of the worst stats in the league right now. Wow.
1: You want to talk about Donovan Mitchell being overrated? Fucking OKC. <laughs> that,
0: that's, that's a different conversation for another time. <laughs> Uh, You know, Haley hasn't written an article about that yet, so we're not even going to worry about it.
1: Uh, All right. Any other uh, NBA playoff talk that you got?
0: I think, uh, you know, as we start winding down here and the games get slower and slower, probably figure out the next steps to some of these teams. I mean, obviously, people like, you know, Brooklyn have a bright future. Guys like OKC seem like there's nowhere they can go really. Um, and everywhere in between. Like, think about Orlando. It's like, well, there's really a lot of different ways that Orlando could shake out if they want to win now, if they want to trust the process, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to piece it together because I think this whole Kevin Durant, Kawhi, Jimmy, like, you just have so many free agents, and then you throw in the Anthony Davis trade. You know, I really don't expect the Pelicans to keep Anthony Davis for that last year. I think they're really going to try to move him off the books. And then, I don't know. It just seems like the entire NBA landscape for this next decade is going to be completely um, reset, basically. It, you know, it's just kind of... This KD decision is like a big decision because he's about to hit 30. So this is...
0: Potentially you know, hit his last right in the middle contract, of his prime.
1: Yeah. Kyrie's pretty much like right in his prime. Kawhi is in his prime. And then Anthony Davis is about to enter his prime. I mean, and then it's like, fuck, like, what if the Lakers actually hire a good coach? I mean, they're back on the table, and it, I, don't, I don't know, it's kind of really hard to, like, think about, like, what the next pieces are, because you want to say, like, a team like Brooklyn, it's like, just run it back, but then what does the East look like in a year? Just, I mean, fuck, it's like Chris Middleton could be gone, Kyrie could be gone, Jimmy could be gone, Tobias Harris could be gone, Kawhi could be gone, and that's, like, everybody in the top four.
0: Very true. So with uh, everybody gone, one of our favorite shows has every, has half of everybody gone. And that is of course Avengers uh comes out midnight of the time of this recording. But uh I'll not sure when I'm going to go see it. Uh but I guess Have my... you seen the uh first one? Infinity uh, War? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, I actually have not seen Infinity War. Well, spoilers, half of everybody dies. Uh
1: No, I think I got the gist. I mean, I watched like the trailer. And then I kind of managed to, like, figure out most of the plot just on watching, like, the trailer. Oh, yeah.
0: It's not too hard. And I just, like,
1: yeah, and then I feel like this one is kind of the same. I mean, I don't know how many trailers they have this time around. Probably not as many, but it's supposed to be, like, what,
0: like, three hours? Yeah, it's culmination of basically a decade and a half of movies.
1: Well, I mean, a decade. Iron Man came out in 2008, so 11 years. Oh, eight. Okay, yeah. Basically, a little eleven over years, a decade,
0: yeah, like twenty, twenty-ish movies. It's already, uh, like on broken every Dragon single sure. record yeah. known to man. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean that's, I mean, I'd be surprised if it didn't.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, so, so, I want to preface this by saying uh, a couple of days ago, I want to go see Captain Marvel finally because I'm like, oh, let me prep for the next movie because. <laughs> That would catch me up. You really Captain Marvel prep? (laughs) Come Uh, on, dude. (laughs) Well, so I missed Ant-Man 2, which... Didn't see that one either. Actually, I don't think I've seen a lot of the recent Marvel stuff. I'm just trying to, like, catch up for Infinity War, just to, like, catch... I mean, not Infinity War, Endgame, so I can, like, get all the little tidbits. And Ant-Man is kind of, like, the odd one out, really. And honestly, Captain Marvel should be, too. He's coming coming into Endgame, right? Yeah. Like, he's coming... Yeah, he's in the trailers and stuff. I mean, he's he's there. He's alive. Well, somebody's got to provide comic relief after like fucking half the
1: cast is you know supposedly dead or you know hey, like it's like a bit Deadpool dour, right? Character.
0: But uh, I need to go see Deadpool two. Is what reminds me. But uh, so so I went to go see Captain Marvel, and uh you know there was all that shitstorm when it first came out about like, oh, you know. Uh, wage gap. This, you know, the typical feminism kind of stuff that Brie Larson was putting out, and that obviously got a lot of uh, a lot of bad press from the right, which turned into good press because, of course, it's like a, you know, being controversial makes you popular, kind of thing, you know, in news media and that kind of stuff. So, uh, outrage uh, culture. I, that's why that. I kind of waited to go see it because I'm like, let let's let me, you know dump all this from my mind before I go see it um and I so I went to go see it and it really wasn't that bad like I I think was the g- obvious messaging that I think the critics kind of girl power on, stuff yeah like the whole like women empowerment thing and like yeah. you can do whatever you want to don't let that boy tell you what to do and it's like it didn't really need to be that blatant I guess kind of like Black Panther where it's like a little blatant on the messaging like yeah, it's... I
1: mean Marvel's never really been subtle, right? I mean, uh, it, it just feels like Marvel in general has every kind of movie that they make is is basically like a B B plus. You know what I mean? It's like Yeah. It's nothing gr- like you know, for lack of a better word, like game changing, but it's not like they're bad. Like there's clearly some thought into character development and like you know, production design and, you know, we're going to actually like have this fit into the jigsaw puzzle. That is like the rest of the Avengers universe. But then they don't really break exactly the way that I want. I feel like it's always the third act that kind of lets it down.
0: That's exactly how this movie was uh, basically partitioned out. (laughs) is what I was about to say. So honestly, uh, Brie Larson's character is, has like maybe one or two moments in the whole movie where you're like, Oh, this is like kind of a human. Like they're having an emotional moment. Like you can kind of feel the sense of she's like relatable. The the internal gears are changing, or something like that. Right. Um, right. Because honestly, I don't think I've ever seen like a female actress move her eyebrows as little as she does. (laughs) She's uh, she's weirdly stone-faced.
1: Brie Larson. It's like. She was in that movie uh, where, like, she's, like, trapped in a room or whatever. And then she went with, like, won the Oscar, right? So, like, yeah. she's clearly got, like, the dramatic kind of chops. But I don't know if she necessarily has that, like, skill to be able to translate her game to, like, a different style of play. You know, it's, like, you think about, uh, I'm trying to, like, think who else, like, some of the other kind of high-profile actors are, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, right? It's, like, that's clearly the guy that could be, like... He could play, like, a dramatic role. He could play kind of that asshole kind of character like he does in, like, Sherlock. He could kind of play the more fun type of stuff like he does in the Marvel um, character. You know, he can kind of be a, have a bit more range. She doesn't really seem like that. It just kind of seems like they try to cash in on her name, her age,
0: and, like, her publicity a little bit. It's like ASL, pretty much. <laughs> but but yeah I mean, yeah so yeah I get like, what you're saying I agree with you on that one.
1: Um You know it's like if there was a world where it's like instead of making Brie Larson that character it's like if there was like a way that like Scarlett Johansson could have been that character you know what I mean like someone who naturally kind of like figures out how to like be a Marvel character as opposed to being like a like a theatrical kind of actor like a little bit kind of old school. And I would say
0: that. She isn't quite, like, okay, obviously the movie is about her, but I think in terms of character development, I think they do a really much better job of developing, like, Nick Fury as a character. Like, you actually get to see his backstory, and, like, Samuel Jackson does a fantastic job as, like, the counterpart, the whole movie. Yeah, but I
1: think that's just because he's playing himself, kind of, you know what I mean? I think he's just kind of... Like, he's whimsical, he's, like, he's
0: lighthearted, he's not just this cold yeah, dude in the corner uh, with the train dart. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think he's just like, oh, I'm Samuel L. Jackson, I'm just gonna play this however I want. Yeah. It's kind of like what he does in, like, a Tarantino movie, where it's like, it doesn't matter what the fucking movie role is, it's just gonna be Samuel L. Jackson doing Samuel L. Jackson things.
0: <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that was, like, I think my favorite part character-wise was the Samuel L. Jackson moments. Um, and, of course, it does a pretty good job, because, you know, this movie, I think, takes... Like if you're looking at it chronologically in the Marvel Universe, you know there's Captain America, and then I think this would happen next because you know Captain America One is like World War two pretty much, and then this is like nineteen eighty five so this is like before Guardians of the Galaxy because it shows you how yeah, Ronin goes guy. to earth it goes, it explains why that happens Ronin Ronan who's Ronan Ronan's the bad guy in Guardians one that's looking for the uh cataract or oh. whatever. the the country, country. yeah okay um so it kind of explains that it's it it shows how like nick fury becomes a shield dude how he starts the avengers initiative why he has an eye patch
1: i guess it makes sense right like it's kind of the first time that he's exposed to uh like aliens it's like a men in black moment
0: almost not like aliens
1: but like exposed to like there's life outside the universe and yeah it's like it's like will
0: smith when he figures out there's aliens for the first time you kind of get that vibe yeah um, and overall, it's a pretty easy to watch movie, which is totally fine by me. Um, the CG, of course, is amazing. I mean, Marvel's CG crew is like the best in the world. Uh, I would have liked to seen more character development on Brie Larson's part. And the part that I would like is the reason why I wanted to talk about this is uh, a bunch of news has come out recently with interviews. We're on this Avengers Endgame tour, press tour, uh, that, uh, the rest of the Avengers crew actually doesn't like Brie Larson.
1: I don't think anybody does. Have you seen like her, her interviews when she goes to some of these screen, like not, I don't know, not like screenings, but these like movie events where she kind of tries a little too hard to hit on the. Kind I don't want to say like me too, but yeah. like that kind of vindictive part of feminism where. She kind of goes after like the. It's like spiteful a little bit. The the bloggers, but it's like, you're not, you know, it's like you're just kind of attacking them, for like, what they're not the ones attacking you. It's like another group entirely who are just trolling you, and for some reason you've attacked like the critics at large.
0: Yeah, that's the problem, right? So, so that's like she's problem. not a bit of a power group, I guess. Uh, so so the second problem is, is she, you know, she's been on these, like, group interviews with, like, Thor and, like, Don Cheadle and stuff. And there's, like, a hundred passive-aggressive comments in these interviews where it looks like these guys legit hate sitting next to each other. I just think it's because she's not
1: fun. She's just not, like a, like, a Marvel kind of actor. You know what I mean? Like, you think of, like, the guy who plays Thor. It's like, he just seems like a fun dude in real life. You know? Yeah, like, Chris Hemsworth, yeah. It's like, let's go play basketball with him. He seems like a he seems like a dude who he seems like fucking Ben Simmons, right? It's just like, can this dude shoot a fucking basketball? No, but he's Australian, so he's gonna fucking like be one hundred all the fucking game. But then it's like Bree Larson's like, what the fuck am I gonna do with Bree Larson? Like, she's gonna fucking be like, Yeah, let's watch this
0: super obscure like indie film. So I've heard I've heard like a little bit of a take on this and that is that some of the Avengers cast, probably not like Downey Jr., but some like the, the other guys don't necessarily oh, like want to pass her character. the torch because she's already, <laughs> like she's like... kind of tainted the uh sort of the marvel <laughs> sphere with like the social justice narrative.
1: I have not heard this at all. This is awesome. So, this is like what happened with Star Wars.
0: Yeah, and it is a little bit honestly. And Disney's responsible for both of it, right? Where it's like you know, episode
1: uh 7, right? Force Awakens, it's like it's not bad. The third act is is pretty is pretty bad, but it's like I get what they were trying to do, where they were trying to just, like, transition a little bit. Like, just kind of stop the bleeding and just kind of, you know, kind of pivot a little bit. And it worked pretty decent. Like The characters were interesting, but then they just completely, like, shit in the bed for Last Jedi. And it was like, I don't like any of these characters. And then you ruin Luke. And it's like, you kind of got that, right? Because, like, Luke is kind of like the Captain America, Iron Man, like, the the old guard. Yeah, very similar. And it's like, nobody really wants, like, more fucking like Ray and Finn and whatever that pilot dude's name is, just kind of doing nothing for like two hours. And nobody just really wants Brie Larson to be like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm the captain, right? Like I'm the central, I'm the, the new agonist. figure piece. I'm the, yeah. I'm the team leader. I'm the, I'm the one that's going to bring everybody together. It's like, she's basically got kind of got like LeBron Lakers where it's just like, she's alienated everybody else on the team.
0: Well, on top of that, you know, I mean, there's the whole, like, social justice narrative behind her that I don't think people like the... I think the rest of the Avengers cast don't like the bad press that that brings to their franchise, which is a decent decent take. It's like, uh, you know, don't litter while you camp in our campground type thing. Um, but on top of that, she also has, like, the most powerful hero in that universe right now. <laughs> and, okay, so... I mean, so, I guess that's,
1: like, the point, right? Because, like... That's like the biggest new character in between the two uh, Avengers movies, right? So it's like, you know, they have to figure out a way of undoing the... I, I need to preface I mean, the next part, Like, so, what do you call them?
0: the... The snappening, yeah. So yeah. so uh, articles are now coming out, because now, you know, the uh, private screen... Can we trust these sources,
1: Matt? The last time you read an article, uh did not go so well,
0: I would say. I didn't read this. Someone told me about it. So Just another Kyle Corbett more. Tribute. <laughs> Uh So, so uh, I, I don't remember who wrote the article. I think it was Newsweek, but uh, it was saying how uh, all of the, it, it's basically one of these like wage gap type things where it's like, oh, all of the men characters are going to, are making this much more money than all of the female cast. Right, right, and then it right. goes on to say that, Brie Larson, the new blockbuster front runner to the Marvel franchise, has only 15 minutes of screen time compared to Nebula, who has three times more screen time than her. And it's like three, three or four paragraphs of outrage that Brie Larson is not the new front runner for this movie. But but, but oh. before you before you spawn, let me, let me give you this tidbit of advice that nobody has <laughs> fucking paid attention to, and that is. They actually filmed her scenes in Avengers before they filmed Captain Marvel. So, Nebula she went into is that knowing the... not not knowing her powers, basically. Nebula is
1: like the the Guardians of the Galaxy like sister, right?
0: Like the cyborg sister lady, yeah.
1: Right, but this is like Karen Gillan, right? Yeah. So, but Karen Gillan is actually like a talented actress,
0: <laughs> but like she's, she's not white, an and she's not to... the f- new franchise leader.
1: No, Karen Gillan's white, dude. She's like.
0: Not in the she's movie, she's blue. Okay. Oh, ow,
1: ow, okay, but I mean,
0: <laughs> she's not our social justice preordained prophet of the next coming of Jesus.
1: And she's also got like a far more interesting arc, right? Like, it's—I mean, it's very like. Um... She has character development. Typical <laughs> kind of story. Yeah, well, like the 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 arc of like you're a villain and then you become a hero, right? I mean, this is like played out in like every fucking franchise ever. But that's actually at least something of like. You've grown from being like a villain or like, I guess not like the villain, but like the, the henchman into kind of this like sidekick hero, right? Like that's clearly her arc for this new movie yeah, is going to be yeah, like, obviously she's not like an Avenger, but like on the Avenger inside,
0: right? She's the most screen time but... of any female in the movie. I'm okay with that. It's like, why the fuck not? Like, I just think it's stupid because people don't realize that they filmed the Avengers scenes with Captain Marvel before they filmed Captain Marvel. I guess, like, with regards to, like, the
1: pay part, it's like, I mean, if the contract is just set up as, like, you know, it's like a certain amount of pay for a certain amount of screen time, then it makes sense why, you know, there's a gap. But it's also, like, Marvel make enough money that they could you know do like equal pay not not for like any real reason but to just send that kind of message right of like we make so much money we're just gonna go ahead and do kind of like what friends did right where it's like we just pay the core of the cast like equal pay like they could just go and outright do that because they just have like a shit ton of money you know what i mean like it's more like you're you're moving beyond the economics of it and you're trying to make like a political statement but it's like I, I mean it's in their, like you have contract negotiations a little bit but
0: um it's I a guess... funny thing to be outraged about it's just it's stupid to me and at the same time it's like their kind of marketing for the movie is kind of based around her saving the day almost and she only yeah. has 15 minutes of screen time and she just had a movie come out and people don't see the difference between just probably working on both movies at the same time there's a real chance that Captain Marvel could have flopped with all the negative press it got, so maybe they cut some scenes back from her. And
1: they... well, I think yeah, I think they were also doing like the the Black Panther like hedging your bet kind of thing, exactly. Because um, the last one, right? Like he doesn't get that much screen time, right? Is not that like a thing. Like yeah. Black Panther doesn't no, get. Yeah, like, that was
0: a... a big complaint when it came out. It's like, oh, Marvel's racist. They only have Black Panther equal screen time.
1: But it's like they didn't know that it was going to make like a billion dollars. I guess. Um, so I guess. With Avengers uh, Endgame, um, so I was I was talking to, like, a coworker earlier, and he's, like, really into Marvel, right? And he was, like, completely outraged by the fact that I hadn't seen Infinity War. So, uh, you know, I kind of had this question where it was, like, the stones, like, one of them is, like, a time stone, right? So can they, is that, like, a time-traveling stone? Like, can they turn back time or, like, go back to the past? Like, is that in play? Or like am I just misunderstanding the concept of the time stone?
0: Wait, are you asking me? Yeah. Like I I believe the way it works in the comics is it does let you travel through time. I don't think it lets you reset time, but I could be wrong.
1: Okay. So like Like, I guess like individually could
0: go back, but you couldn't like revert the entire state of the universe back.
1: Yeah, my understanding is like or at least my, my you know, my kind of prediction for like endgame is basically it's gonna involve this uh like going back in time and you redoing things kinda of, you know what I mean? Like uh it does have that kind vibe. of like a well it just kinda of makes like logically sense, right? Like you got like a time stone. It's like every other uh sci-fi franchise that has that element of time travel has always figured out like let's just go back in time and try and redo things whether or not it's like a static type of um reality or if it is like a bit more dynamic, right? Like everything from like fucking Back to the Future to Terminator to Freaking butterfly heroes. effect. Like yeah, Yeah, I mean I mean that's what they do, right? So it, it just kinda seems like that's the way that they're gonna go is to like kind of undo it through time travel. Yeah. Um but then like Ant-Man's supposed to be in this one and Ant-Man's like the science guy, right? So it's like maybe he figures out how to do time travel and you also have all the other smart guys, right? You got like Tony Stark who's like you know like the supposedly like you know super engineer and then they you have uh,
0: first but yeah.
1: You have Hulk, you have a uh, Bruce Banner. So like that's like three you know like smart guys, right? So it's like it just kind of seems like the way to go. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of my uh thought for end game or if like how they're gonna i mean i i mean are we in agreement that they're just gonna like they're gonna find a way of bringing back people it's like how are they gonna bring back uh you know like black panther and stuff like that
0: yeah because there's this obvious like uh like we said there's the changing of the garden there's gonna be like the avengers second wave or second initiative or whatever that's like captain marvel spider-man you know ant-man some of the new guys because obviously mm-hmm. like Robert Downey Jr. can't do Iron Man for the rest of his life. Like, I'm sure he's got other things on the books.
1: I don't think he really wants to either. I think he's like in the Daniel Craig, James Bond slot where he's like, I'll do one more, but I'm kind of fucking done with this.
0: I think so. And then you got to think the other guys too. Like, uh, we've had basically six Captain America movies now. It's like, uh, let's let's put him down. Like, let's have him cameo because you got to think Tony Stark's also in all the Spider-Man movies now too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah which i mean it's not like a main role but still um guys like I mean, he's samuel josh i in that last one like I, is, I mean there was a lot of tony stark in that last one i'm going to be more interested to see who they end up kind of erasing from the universe or like kind of writing out of the script
1: do you think there's um like right now the avengers universe is very like unified right like each movie um interlocks with all the other ones do you think there might be like a bit of more of like a split where it's like yeah um they don't necessarily kind of come like you know like all these kind of peripheral characters like you got kind of the guardians of the galaxy then you got kind of the black panther crew you got the ant-man uh dr strange it's like they've all kind of come together do you think like now they don't we don't really see that coming together anymore they're just kind of split off a little bit more
0: i think there'll be a little bit of like a diaspora of of uh kind of pot lines for a little bit i mean so I was looking at the next Marvel movies coming out past this one, and all we know so far is there's a Spider-Man movie with, like, Mysterio and Sandman and some other random guys, and Tony Stark oh, wow. and um, Nick Fury are in it, which means it either takes place before these Avengers movies or they somehow all come back to life. So that's two <laughs> clues. And then there's uh, two X-Men movies this year, actually. And I know those don't, like... Actually tie yeah. into the Marvel Universe, but... I like X-Men. I'll talk about X-Men all day. <laughs> I need to go see Deadpool 2 still, so I need to put that on my screen. I have seen Deadpool
1: 2.
0: Deadpool 1 was fucking what? amazing, though. I probably nutted in that movie theater. You know,
1: I'm not, I'm not really in the Deadpool camp. And
0: it's just one of my dudes. Like, I, I read a bunch of the comics growing up, and I yeah. thought they did a really good job with it, and then now you've got, you know... Ryan Reynolds being Detective Pikachu, which is a hilarious yeah, dude, change. Yeah, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> the uh, trailers for that movie are great, by the way. They're hilarious.
1: All right, I got one more question about Avengers, and then we'll quickly do Game of Thrones because that's kind of like coming to a head at the same time as the playoffs and Avengers. Like, pre- pretty good moment for April right now. Yeah. Um, so, my last kind of question for Avengers Who do you think is going to be the Lou Williams of the movie? So, Lou Williams, a little bit of an older guard right? Uh, clearly having like his best fucking career, like a career year, and just seems kind of like unstoppable and just kind of you know, no matter
0: how it pans out is going to win the Golden State Clippers series. I think it's Black Widow. I think Black Widow oh, didn't she? do a whole lot in the last movie. Um, and she hasn't had like a really great movie except, uh, I thought she was pretty good in Civil War. She's pretty good with Winter Soldier. She was caught of... in Iron Man too. It's true like she's been a really good secondary piece do you think she's gonna dye her hair for like the 90th time i'm pretty <laughs> sure she already has and uh <laughs> no i think i think she'll be solid i think she'll she'll have a big moment uh whether it's you know it's some emotional moment with like the hulk or something or uh like, I don't know, doing some fucking badass ninja stab or something. Like, we haven't had a good Black Widow moment in a while it feels like. Yeah, you bring up a good point.
1: I think this movie is going to be a lot more invested in the emotional uh, part of the characters. Like, I don't think it's going to be as action heavy. I mean, they're clearly going to fight Thanos at some point in in what I think will be some timeline. In three hours. You know, or, like, or like an alternate timeline. But I, I do think there's going to be a lot more of this like... Uh, I don't like you know it's kind of like a Dwayne Wade retirement tour where it's like we're going to celebrate all these like moments kind of like throughout where it's like oh man this is the last time that like Captain America and Scarlett Johansson are going to hang out this is going to be the last you know we're finally going to see like Captain America and Iron Man come back together this is going to be the last time where it's like Hulk and like Thor can like hang out you know I think it's gonna be like a lot of those kind of things like those little like emotional beats throughout and then They'll have died. a battle
0: and whatever, but I, my secret uh, prediction is Thanos doesn't die at the end. That's just my prediction.
1: See, I think they're actually gonna. I, I think they're gonna do something like, at the beginning, like, like my understanding is like at the end of Infinity War, he like snaps his fingers, and that's basically how the movie ends.
0: Yeah, that's how it ends. So much.
1: then it's like, I think they're gonna do this thing kind of at the beginning of the uh, uh, end game where it's like they try to subvert people's expectations a little bit like kind of what they try to do with Star Wars a little bit where it's like maybe they already beat like maybe they beat Thanos in the first 30-40 minutes of the movie and then it's like they kind of go back and try and like piece you have to like kind of go back and like piece together how do they do it a little bit
0: or killing him's actually not the right answer and they have to, bring yeah, back like to like life.
1: something something along those lines, or maybe it's like, maybe they do kill him, but then it's like, oh shit, he either a. They need him to be able to undo the damage, you know, like he's the one that caused it, so therefore he has to be the one that undoes it, you know, like not just anybody can put on the fucking glove, or b it's, um. Like he actually has a second part to his plan. Like his plan wasn't just to like kill half the people, but that was like. Step one and then they like here's step two. They're all in a parallel universe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I just have this like weird time travel vibe
0: type thing. Yeah, and I, I don't blame is... you. So so hit me it's with kinda... this Game of Thrones talk real quick.
1: Yeah, so Game of Thrones, we're kinda of coming down the last four episodes. Uh this week or I guess this upcoming Sunday is supposedly kind of the big the big battle right like this is the kind of the the thanos type of event where it's like the last decade of game of thrones has been building up to this kind of moment between the army of the living versus the army of the dead and it's kind of crazy because i think it's got like an hour and a half runtime which is kind of crazy so it's like helm's deep level of battle wow. length wow okay i'm surprised um, And, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, it's kind of made its name doing exactly what everybody else has been trying to copy for the last, like, 10 years, where it's, like, subvert expectations by doing things like killing off the main character. So, I think that's going to be kind of cool. And the CGI budget has gotten really good the last couple of years. So, that's going to be fun to watch. But, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that, like, Avengers and Game of Thrones happen to come together at the same time.
0: Yeah, a lot of good entertainment stuff going on right now feels very scripted like another conspiracy uh, this is like your third conspiracy today
1: yeah well you know speaking of conspiracies let's talk about the Mueller report there you go (laughs) you got you bought it let's go what's what's uh what's what's happening on the uh I guess the uh, all right side of things <laughs> the so, Utah. What's, what's the Utah perspective on the Mueller report? Because obviously Romney is like a senator who is like. I think Romney of actually road, came
0: hopefully. out saying that the uh, he was kind of on the Dem side for this one, I think. And like Romney's kind of gotten a lot of shit the past couple of days about this. If I remember, I haven't actually looked too much into it because uh, I've had done family time for like the past few days. Um, so I haven't been on Twitter yeah, as yeah. much which is why I've have been you downloaded looking at Avengers, a copy yeah. of the redacted report? I have not. I've only So I downloaded a copy.
1: I downloaded a copy. It's like 400 pages and I'm like 30 pages in so I'm probably never going to finish it. But um the I guess the C I don't know, I want to say like CNN but CNN's pretty much trash. But like that whole like um when the redacted report came out and it was like oh no, like bar kind of misled Everybody on the summary, it really does feel like that, you know, after reading thirty pages, it's like, okay, yeah, he really did like pivot hard, like he really did zig what everybody else zagged on this,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean my my outrage culture for the week has been the uh Easter worshippers thing after the <laughs> Sri Lanka bombing, where it's been like everybody has been saying uh like we mourn for the Eastern worshipers. Oh, good God. And it's like, dude, just say, like, the only religion that celebrates that is Christians, just just say it. It's not like you're going to go to hell for saying it. It's not like you're supporting a white patriarchal structure by saying the word. It's stupid, but it's funny. It's funny that it's so dumb. Like, it's so dumb it's funny almost, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's really crazy, actually, because, like, obviously we have the, the shooting in New Zealand, and then it's, like, Sri Lanka, and... Um, you know, we have the bombings and it's like, you know, one was clearly a reaction to the other, but then it's like, um, this is all kind of right next door to where India is holding its elections right now. And India and Pakistan have kind of, you know, the tension, it really hasn't been this high for like 10 years, 15 yeah, years.
0: Yeah. I was thinking. So that it's, too. it's
1: weird that like this part of the world where it's like South Asia and like Oceania has kind of been to the you know kind of brought to the forefront, which normally it, it doesn't, right? Because like when we the Notre Dame was like, the news, well, like yeah. when the Notre Dame was burning, that was like the biggest fucking news, and now it's like we've kind of pivoted a little bit more towards like Asian events, and I don't know, like this Mueller report, it's like it it really does feel like he kind of set up, like he didn't, you know, you really, I mean, obviously he didn't come out with like a straightforward opinion or like any type of um, conclusive statement right there really was no end game to it but basically it really does seem like he kind of left it on the doorstep of like the democratic national office and was like if you want to fucking take up this fight you do it but i'm kind of out
0: yeah I, I, that's the vibe i i've been hearing from headlines too and just like the general thought i like i said i haven't really looked into it too much to like give you any hot takes
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's like I don't know, it's like too much lawyer talk for me to really understand. But
0: yeah, um, it does seem very like
1: it does seem a lot of like hedging your bet, kind of both ways. It's like
0: I kind of figured what would end up happening was is if it did like this was me like a couple months ago, like if it did come out, nobody would actually take the time to like sit there and read the whole thing and like do a really detailed breakdown. It would just either be more soundbite type things again, or like just Oh, well, I'm going to say the Muller report backs up my side and then not reference it type thing.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the things I was actually thinking about was um so I've been playing around with like some natural language processing models and stuff, and I was thinking if could I throw the redacted report in to like uh, a machine learning model and then see if I could figure out what the redacted parts say so I could like put in the redacted report and get out like the full report.
0: It's just people's names and addresses for the most part, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, I mean, we don't know, right? That's the point of it being redacted. But like some of the, some of the pages are like the whole page is redacted. So oh it's crap! Like, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the beginning stuff is just like a line here, like a phrase here. But then it's like, you know, like when you start just like scrolling through, it's like holy fuck! Like a whole page is just fucking black. It's like, what is on this?
0: It must be uh, the golden shower. Think,
1: do you think the Avengers will launch an investigation into Thanos, and that's actually the point of the movie?
0: No, they're launching an investigation in Fortnite because they're doing Sorry. a Avengers <laughs> End Game Fortnite crossover again. Oh, are you
1: fucking serious? Yeah,
0: they got that shit As on down. As if they lockdown. don't
1: already have like every fucking twelve-year-old in their pocket?
0: Hey, but but even a better thing is Magic the Gatherings basically in on this too. So there, <laughs> this weekend is the release of the uh, next set called War of the Spark. And it's basically the same storyline as Avengers. It's all of the <laughs> planeswalkers come together from one big battle with like the big you know big arch enemy dude, and right. uh, people like lose powers, people die, everybody's here, uh big cataclysmic like dimensional shifting bullshit goes on. So uh it's kind of funny how all of these things are coinciding. It's really interesting. Do you think
1: who do you think is going to have more uh, deaths, uh, Game of Thrones, on this, like, Sunday episode or uh, Avengers? I, I mean, deaths as in, like, character deaths, not just, like, I mean,
0: Thanos, like, you know. Not, like, Death Star people. blowing up all their own like deaths.
1: Well, like, not just in terms of, like, the numbers, right? Because, like, obviously Thanos, like, killed, like, half the people in the universe, which is, like, clearly more people in Game of Thrones. But, I mean, like, in terms of people that, like, we know the names of the characters, who do you think is gonna have a higher uh, death count?
0: I think it'd be Game of Thrones, honestly. I don't think I think Marvel's too pussy to kill off too many people. I think they'll just like say they wandered off into space or some shit and they don't actually die. I think Game of Thrones is more willing to be like, yeah, you're 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 gone. You're getting the axe. All probably. Right. Probably. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a good way to it's kill a good one. the show. Blockbuster
1: Blockbuster Weekend. Blockbuster NBA,
0: Blockbuster HBO, Blockbuster Theater, Blockbuster what a time. Churches in Sri Lanka. And with that, oh, Jesus that's Christ. our Heart <laughs> in the Pain podcast episode uh, for this week. Maybe we'll hit another one soon once the round ones are all the way done and maybe some post-Avengers reactions But of course, you can find us at the links in the description or always. We love your questions, comments, and concerns, whether that be through email or comments or like and subscribing because you need to smash that button. And with that, we'll catch you guys on the flip-flop.